It seems sometimes people, their response to people living in sin is to make God, I don't know, angrier or they want people to understand the severity of sin, but in doing so, they also just, they, they make an unbalanced picture of God at times. I've, I've seen this. And I'm really referring to like the angry pastors that you've seen out there. I'm just, I just, and I, and I always think of God's anger. God is so long suffering. And this is, this is actually one of the other points that I want to talk about. And this isn't exclusive with Calvinism, but I want to call it out of context anger. God has perfect emotions. And when he, and we always hear, oh, the God of the Old Testament's an angry God. No, you got to read the context of God's anger. Why is he doing to Israel what happened? Well, 700 years of a nation, you know, not following him and disobeying the Mosaic Covenant, which is what it was, which had if-then statements in it, meaning if you don't do this, this will happen. Meaning, again, they had the ability. See, and I used to approach that, and I was like, God, why are you punishing Israel? They didn't have the ability to do this, right? You know, no one, you know, you you know, they didn't have the ability, and that was my Calvinistic thinking. I didn't see that, and, and I wasn't reading clearly what the Bible was saying. If you do this, then God isn't, God isn't like, like lying to them. See, God becomes a liar in a lot of these passages, I would submit, um, when we have this Calvinistic uh, framework or deterministic Calvinistic, hyper-Calvinistic framework in our mind that is reinterpreting scripture. Oh, we really know that you actually can't do that. You know, like when God says, no, when God says believe, you really can exercise your human agency, especially when the Holy Spirit is convicted, well, only when the Holy Spirit convicts you, but you can respond to it. And so these are nuances that are very important because that affects God's justice. And this is where, oh, who are you, oh man, to judge? Well, I'm trying to rightly divide the, the word of truth, where this is out of Timothy. And so the problem is, is you've painted God in a sense where he, and, and this is how they kind of, how, how they get you like, well, everyone just deserves hell. So God can do whatever he wants. It's like, because everyone deserves hell, we don't have to understand all of this. I'm like, no, God, God has given you human agency. You've made these choices. This is why. And even overcoming my own sin issues, addictions, and these kinds of things, understanding human agency and my own relationship with God, it's what got me breakthrough really to, to know, oh, wow, that freedom is a choice. These kinds of things and sanctification, meaning my, my walk after I had faith with Jesus Christ, trust in Jesus. So these are very important issues, but I bring this up because I've seen the pendulum swing back and forth, back and forth. And I met a lot of my just, you know, uh, people at my Bible college and, and in other places that I've been very angry. And, and I really think of it this way. It's, you can only love other people to the extent that you know God's love for you. And when, when God's love is more concerned with his own glory, in, in a sense, the, the way that it gets interpret, interpreted in a human sense, like you know, it's all for the glory of God, all for the glory of God. You know, he, he elects people to hell for his glory because he's just. It's a very strange love. And this is kind of in Calvinistic thinking and some, with some of the conversations I've had with people, you know, just kind of thinking things through. It's a very strange love because God become selfish. And we know that's not true because it says God is love and love is not self-seeking. Love is not proud. So right there we have a biblical proof that would, you know, say that that's not true. Again, I'm just trying to understand the the balanced picture of things. And the reason I made this video is because it just, it, it's, it's just growing. There's this, it's like a, like a zeitgeist, like a spirit of, of thinking, like, just like, yeah, this is who God is. And it's just, it's a, I want to say it's a distorted, unbalanced picture of God's love or uh, of God's sovereignty at the detriment of his love or it's 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 emphasizing his holiness over his love you know and these things play together and i'm and but going back to the anger in like the old testament you got to understand 700 years of a nation's disobedience child sacrifice and, the, and all that kind of stuff there's a reason he's bringing judgment and, and i had a friend who did a study on the word hamas which is the really violence in in hebrew the word violent violence it says god ne never does violence because 
the biblical use of the term violent, and this is coming from my friend who, this was like his senior paper, it's when a higher abuses a lower. So when someone with higher power abuses someone with lower power, his God has all the power, and he never abuses his power. He's always using it righteously in a right way. And that means we can understand that it's righteous. See, again, human language, these words have a meaning. So when we say, oh, who are you, oh man, to judge God? You're right. I mean, his ways are, are above our ways. But the point is, is justice has a meaning, meaning justice is knowable. If we see things as God sees sees things, we would say, oh, that's right. And here's why. It says God's will is perfect, acceptable, and good, or something like that. The in uh, I think at the beginning of Romans 12. The point is, is it's like, how do we know if God's will is perfect? It's because it's like he's using the word perfect. So God's will, if we could see, and when we do see what God is doing, we're like, wow, that's perfect. Wow, that's good. Wow, that is, you know, it, that's what those words mean. So God, we're, we're saying that like, I'm using it as an analogy is, or like just like a contrast example or whatever. Like we can know, like we can know things about God. Okay, the perspicuity of scripture. What, what is knowable about God what is revealed is knowable. Like we can actually comprehend it. So I just see that as kind of like kind of a cop out because I've had that with friends, you know, who are like, you know, you're trying to, you know, judge God and understand things. I'm like, no, I'm trying to see things in a balanced way. Don't you see how you've kind of unbalanced the love of God in in favor of His omnipotence and His power and holiness and judgment? And, and I would I would actually articulate you're actually doing, you're not glorifying Him for who He really is. You actually are not seeing those elements of God in the right context, right? The anger and the wrath in context really coming out of his love. And, and, and we see this in Exodus, you know, the God who, you know, by no means clears the guilty for, you know, visits the iniquity of the sons and the, on the, ch the children, the sins of the father on the children for the third and fourth generation, but shows loving kindness to the thousandth generation. So this is, I mean, it's right there. So we already see that God's loving kindness is hesed love, mercy, you know, this is how it's translated, hesed. We already see that this is a that's a primary attribute of God. Not to say, oh, go live, you know, not to, I'm, you know, and what I'm not saying is, oh, go live in sin, go do what you want. But it's seeing things, again, in balance and how kind of the Christian subculture is like a pendulum. It goes back and forth. And I guess I'll close with this. I was reading in Colossians and it talks about like, you know, something that seems, it talks about asceticism, like being harmful to the body. I guess I'll just read it. But if with Christ you die to elemental spirits of the world, this is uh, Colossians 2, 20. As if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used according to human precepts and teachings. They ha they have indeed, and this is kind of where I want to focus on an application of this. They, these have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they have no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. So it's talking about, I guess, I guess legalism, but but the key there is promoting self-made religion. They have the appearance of wisdom. And I want to be careful labeling or saying this against people who have like a hyper-Calvinistic kind of framework, um, which again, I, I see more as a, a philosophy that, that comes to the text with presuppositions. That's kind of where I'm going to, I'm going to, that's why I would reject it again at that core because they're, they're reading, oh man, can't respond at all. They're reading that into the text, which is then at the detriment of other passages, but but really, it, it's like it seems right that God would be harsh and, and this and that. And, and I'm not saying he's not that to sin, but it's just, it's like for those of you who've, who have been in like a very heavy Christian subculture, you see that there isn't joy and peace. And those, that's a fruit of the Spirit that, and I think that's really where this comes down to is you see that like the fruit of the Spirit is, isn't, not in, not in all, but in some of these circles um, especially when there's other doctrinal like lordship salvation and other stuff, which I don't I don't agree with personally. 
Um, but you know, these these under, rightly dividing the word of truth, meaning rightly teaching, rightly understanding the Bible, is so important because, you know, we get saved. You know, when we become Christians, it's like we have the entire revelation of God at our fingertips here in America. I mean, we have this, and in a lot of countries too. But it's a privilege, but we have to understand it rightly. And I would say that maybe hyper-Calvinism and like, you know, talking about God's omnipotence and how, yeah, he damns people to hell before they are even born. Like he, like it seems like, oh yeah, God's just, you deserve hell. Like it seems like, oh yeah, that makes sense because God's God, he's all powerful. But in reality, it's actually, um, it, I would say it might have an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion. Maybe, maybe. And I say that tenderly, but I, it seems to me that it's more of a philosophy that's being put on the text and it seems to have very negative ramifications, especially towards people who are suffering and whatnot. It it turns God into a puppet master. That's what it becomes. And so, to me, that doesn't that doesn't do justice to the the commands of Scripture. You know, where where God is like, hey, do this now because like you're you've you've had faith in Christ. Now do these things. Human agency after salvation, but then even before salvation, believe the one who believes. You know. Uh, and it's just, or even, even all the way in, in, with Joshua, I think it's in Joshua's in Deut- or Joshua says in Deuteronomy, I'm not sure what it is, you know, choose who you'll serve today. So we're seeing human agency, human agency. And, and when I was in, in heavy Calvinism, I was, I would always read those verses into being like, oh, they, but they can't really choose unless like, you know, like God was like, you know, they're the remnant that he had elected, you know, beforehand, or they're, you know, elected to be saved, like, we we know that really, so then he, God becomes a liar, then all of this becomes, you know, kind of a show, so this is kind of an intro, I'm probably gonna make more videos about this, but these are just some thoughts, and this is more of a response to this one Facebook post I saw, which is just, it's really all the same, it's this just heavy Christianity, talks about hell a lot, the anger of God, you know, people talk about God's love too much, and I'm just like, balance, I, I mean, you're right, sometimes, you know, love needs to hold accountable, you know, needs to hold someone truth and love, right? And it's not loving to let someone, you know, feel good, but, you know, be killing themselves, right, with sin or with abusing someone or, or doing something wrong. Love is going to do something about that. And I've seen people do, you know, tell the truth in love, but then I see people tell the truth in hate and they call themselves Christians and they're biblical. They are Christians, I believe they're saved, but they're very angry and they're not representing uh, what, what Jesus did. You know, they'll, they'll read, I like to say like like the hard sayings Bible, you can take, you know, what Jesus says to the Pharisees, woe to you, you whitewashed tombs, or, you know, like repent, you know, like you can take the hard sayings of scripture, rip them out of their context and tell them to someone, you know, out, you know, who isn't in that context and just hurt them. Like you can write Bible verses on a baseball bat and hit someone with it. You know, you can beat the sheep instead of feed the sheep. And I've seen that. I've experienced it. And to be honest, I believe that those kinds of people will, I mean, they will stand before God, right? And give an account to, hey, how did you represent me to that person who was hurting? How did you represent me to the sinners? You know, did you, did you show them my love like that I did when I went to the cross and died for them. So again, just seeing balance, not, not to, not to make trivial, not to trivialize God's holiness and wrath, which I see flowing out of his love again, you know, like, like doing justice out of love. Kind of like when you see someone who's hurt, you're like, we have to do something, but also out of his holiness, but seeing the bigger picture, um, and not camping on an unbalanced view of God. So I hope this helps someone uh, out there. I just kind of want to make more videos, talk about you know some of the things that I've wrestled with. Um, and I just pray God blesses you and uh, have a good day.